Welcome to Beer Massive, a collection of good beer-centric conversation, interviews, editorials, reviews, and more from a collective of centrally like-minded yet individually opinionated good beer fanatics. From podcasts born in the present, or from our massive library of brewer interviews from years past, we hope you enjoy what you hear. If you do enjoy what you're here, please subscribe. Feel free to reach out to us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram on tap, at Massive Beers, or email us individually at massivebeers at gmail.com. How you doing, internets? Uh, welcome to the uh, Beer Massive Roundtable podcast um, here on the Beer Massive Entertainment Network, whatever you want to add to that. Incorporated. Yeah, yeah, Incorporated LLC. Limited. Um, Limited. Yeah, like uh, patent pending, all that kind of fun stuff. But uh, Worldwide. Yeah, a little... uh, Website pending, too. Website pending, yeah. It was pending like a month ago, and it's still not available. I'm still still pending the shit out of it, so... (laughs) So hopefully... Your IT guy, he went went skiing. (laughs) Yeah. I went to to California. Oddly enough, that is the truth. Um, hopefully, by the time you hear this, it will be up. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're doing a little bit of roundtable stuff. We're going to talk a couple of different topics. But first off, let's introduce everybody. We have myself, Matt, Massive Beer, Matt, whatever you want. Matt, 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 Massive Beers, whatever you want to call it. Matt with one T. Matt with one T, like the thing you wipe your feet on. Then on our left here, we have the fine young gentleman by the name of Jeff Katra. Katra, not Katra. I say Katra, but he says everybody Katra. does. It's good. Yeah, yeah there's a good. little there's a little accent above the A. It's whatever you yes. want it to be. Yeah, it's, um, like uh, um, I ski every five years, uh, extraordinaire plus glassware mogul, uh, Jeff Katra. What's up, internets? There you go. You'll find him down at Tampa Beer Week. He'll yes. be there. By the time yes. they say when this airs, he'll be in Tampa Beer Week. So buy him a beer or uh, just throw him in a dumpster when he passes. Yeah, throw, throw him in. <laughs> I might already be in a dumpster yeah. at Cycles Barrel Age Day, so. True. Well, I mean, that's the goal there. I mean, it's to end up in a dumpster. Uh, and then across from me, we have the the Jonesy, uh, AB rep extraordinaire. Yeah. Do I bleep chill. that one out? Do, do I not talk no, about it? No, no. You, I mean, corporate chill. Yeah, corporate J- chill. Just out here, just making that money. Mm-hmm. Riding the dilly dilly wave. Making that paper. Making that money. Making that paper. Dealing that paper. The one thing I always have to say about it, when because this comes up a lot, especially at craft beer events, because I'm a dick and I will purposely wear a Budweiser shirt <laughs> uh, when people get mad and they just go, oh, you know, like, what are you doing wearing that? And it's like, well, they sign my checks and my check never bounces. Dilly dilly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> then, now I add that. I believe that's called a whore. Uh, and then it on is. our right here, we have Hair Chris. He doesn't want to talk at all. His face is a rosy glow right now because he's just like one embarrassed, two he's drinking a beer and he doesn't want to say anything. You don't have to say anything, dude. And he is a whore. That's all right, I'll talk. He no, there a, he is. He is a whore. So uh, you know what I mean. Get a little closer to the mic there next time. Uh, uh, yeah, Steve Galambas, <laughs> get closer to the mic. Is that better? There he go. Oh, ooh, ooh. Barry White up in this piece. You sound crispy. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's the crew today. We're gonna sit here. And we're gonna talk a couple different things. But the the whole reasoning behind this, we're kind of like, okay, let's throw a round table together. What can we talk about? And the big one was pretty much Untaps um, kind of end of year rankings came out. I mean, by the time you hear this, we're gonna be in the end of February, beginning of March. So it's not something that's gonna be foreign to a lot of listeners out there, especially if you're seeking some third rate podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Friendster, or MySpace. But um, they came out with a couple different lists. And the big one was their, what do we want to call it, the most check-in 
list. We wanted to kind of talk about that. Now, Jones, you're, you're the one who actually initially brought up the idea of this. Why did you want to talk about that? Well, I mean, the social media aspect of beer is pretty huge, and this is something that's always looked at by brewers, by fans, by, you know, as a source of what the ratings are, you know, how, who's drinking it, where is it at, especially, like, if, if you're new to an area, you can look, like, locally what's being checked in, you know, to see what's available. Um, really, like, the thing that stood out to me, and, like, there's a couple on there that I, I, I found to be, I didn't think we were, were going to be on there. You know, and that just kind of piqued my interest, and I was like, well, you know, threw it out to the group. What do you guys think? Let's sit down and BS about it. Okay, so uh, how about you kick it off? Let's talk about it, and let's go, like, beer by beer. Let's go by the yeah. list. This is their number one check. This is their most checked in, not their highest ranked beers of 2017. This is the stuff that people checked in the most. And number one, Founders All Day IPA, and that's not a surprise whatsoever. They came up with the 15-pack. A 15 pack of 12 ounce cans, like in most in our area, is running like 15.99 to 17.99. It's a killer price. It's a good beer, you know. And it's exactly what it says it is. It's all day. You can crush them, you know. So I mean, they just really hit a home run with that package, that beer at the right time. So I could see that as being the top checked in. There was no surprise with that. And honestly, I mean, uh, uh, all day. I'll, I'll drink that. Do you know what I mean? It's pretty much come to become the quintessential kind of, you know, whatever you want to call it, like gardening lawnmower beer. But it, 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 and, and I don't want to dismiss that it's a good beer. What I want to talk about is pretty much what you touched on. It's more how they marketed it in the package and they put it in and basically they made its own kind of niche in the market that it's like, here's a 12 pack. Everybody's following it now. Everybody has a 12 pack yep. kind of kind of a paper rack, old school, let's grab a, a half rack of beer kind of thing going on. But they did that and they did it so well. And it was, you know, wrapped around a really good beer. It's more it's more how they marketed it and how they presented it more than the beer being an end all be all great beer. Yeah. Like is that something do you think is, is it is it lightning in a bottle is it is it just they hit the right thing at the right time and they go old school and just look at something and be like hey this is how beer used to be sold and this is how we're going to make our our hay like they basically bridge that gap between craft and macro yeah i think what they did well with it is they came out with a very aggressive price when it came to the market of craft beer like in our area that's all i can really base this on but they came out with a like a quantity discount of half a pallet or a full pallet or whatever it was. And it was at a good price, a very good price for like a craft IPA. You know, I mean, you weren't getting to the, the goose Island level or any of those like bigger ones that are, have been, you know, mainstreamed because they have more money behind them, but they got to this price where like to a retailer, he was just passing it on. And I think like it was, it was perfect timing. They came out right like in the spring going into the summer and by the time of the middle of the summer, I mean, I just know from, like, my friends, my gr group of golf buddies and stuff like that, guys that really weren't big craft beer drinkers, maybe were, like, Blue Moon guys, you know, dabbled a little bit, but were more domestic, all of a sudden they were bringing the 15-pack. And that's when I was like, wow, like, they're on to something. You know, like, that's when you finally saw it. But, I mean, I think it, it was, it was just the right timing, and, I mean, cans are getting hot. I mean, it started with the 16-ounce cans, but when you look at it, like, especially for the people that are into craft beer, a lot more outdoorsy, doing things, whatever, like, you're going here, you're going there. A lot of places don't want you to have glass 
Mm-hmm. You know, you're going out, you're, you're kayaking or whatever, you're hiking. They don't want glass on the trails, anything like that. But cans, they don't care as long as you're like putting in recycling bins or throwing them out or whatever. So I think, you know, a lot of the craft breweries switched their mindset over to that to that package. And then the 15 pack, I think it was just you're getting a 12 pack price and getting 15 beers. Yeah. yeah. It, like, I mean, who here has bought the uh, uh, the all day 15 pack? I mean, out of the four people here, I, I, I bought one or two. It's not something I buy all the time, but it's something I bought like once or twice throughout the year. Like, have you guys bought it at all? Be honest. Yeah, like, yeah. I haven't yeah. bought one, no. Yeah. But I've, I've consumed a, a 15 packs worth of all day IPA <laughs> at the same time. Period. Oh, so a, I, I, but no, I mean, summertime poolside, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, and that's another one, too. Like It's the, a great the, beer. It's like, a great beer for what it is. It's not going to shine in, like, the, the super niche, like, razzle market. You know what I mean? But it, it, it's it's a fantastically made but beer. But it's playing on that taste, and a lot of those, a lot of super niche razzle beers are crushable. Even double IPAs from, like, Monkish and all your big beers, you can drink it, and it's not bitter. And people who are bridging that gap in the craft beer don't want that resiny See, I I disagree with that though. Like the the sweet the one thing that turns me off through a lot of those beers is that this it's so sweet all the time that it's too sweet to where I end up getting like nauseous from sweetness, the way a lot of people get from bitterness. Now that just might be me personally, but it it, it to me all day has enough of both to where they're never gonna fatigue you out, and you can just drink them all day long and never get tired of it. Yeah, I can agree to that. Yep. I know me personally. I, I like that sweetness. I like that. Oh, I do, but in, in, in doses, not uh, not as a whole night thing, but, you know. <laughs> I'm not good at dosing double IPAs. <laughs> Doming, maybe, but not yes. dosing. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, uh, like, anything outside of the marketing standpoint, do you see anything, like, that, is it just pure, a nice beer, a well-made beer, and just, they just hit the mark in the head as far as marketing and packaging the whole nine? No, I would say that as the craft beer community matures a little bit, Guys want more sessionable beers. They don't want the super high ABV IPAs in the middle of summer. Like you don't want to have a couple, you know, double IPAs and passing out on a raft in the pool. Like you could have like ten or fifteen, you know, founders beers and you'd be all right. I think it's also too like come on, say it, <laughs> thirty or forty founders. <laughs> but but I, only I, if you're around that. <laughs> I also think too like, I mean, part of the magic or part of the whatever like that that made it popular it's also coming from a reputable brewery one that had you know has a fan base a brewery that's known for making good beers throughout all styles you know so it's it's not like this is what they came on the scene with you know they've been on the scene for a while in our area at least i know like they're they're new to the west coast within the last like year or so but like on the east coast we've had them for a pretty good time like five years maybe six years you know, but like I said, it's, it's one of those that it came from a brewery that was established that people liked, people knew, and then it's another, like the package itself and the beer itself, like kicked it to another level. So, and, they, and they did it in a, comp- a competitive landscape and it's, it's around the same time that Sam Adams came out with the Rebel <laughs> IPA and I don't see Rebel on this list at all, which I know that Beer Boys was selling it for a dollar and other, you were able to get Rebel IPAs for a dirt cheap, same price, same thing, but... I don't see Rebel IPA. Yeah, but you also have to talk about a brewery like Sam Adams is like new to the game when it comes to IPAs. They actually didn't even release an IPA until about a year and a half, two years ago. And then, you know, founders have been cultivating 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, all day, pretty much, for how long? Or at least been in the IPA game for quite a while. Yeah. And it's packaged, like you said, in that kind of aluminum format, which, oddly enough, is I always found weird. I get it. Aluminum's cool. It's easy to ship, yada, yada. But it's way more like a lot of, like, um, you know, granolas out there love the aluminum thing because of recycling. But it's way easier to recycle glass than it is aluminum. So it's actually a worse package when it comes to actual, like, recycling and stuff like that. But that's a whole other podcast. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where I I think it's just a really solid, well done beer, and just hit the mark on the head with the price point, like you're talking about, and the format they put it in. You just go grab half a rack, get on your way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, who wants a whole thirty rack of Jenny Cream besides everybody at the stable? I don't know. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So I mean, that's Founders IPA. That was number one. Now number two is probably the most interesting one I thought of the whole group, which was Bell's Too Hearted. What did you think about that? That's up there. That was one of the ones that caught my attention. Really? Um, I, I'm actually not surprised. This is one of the beers that I re- that got me into craft beer. That and 60 Minute, which I know is on this list as well. But in terms of IPA, this is the beer that got me into IPA. So I, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm surprised that it's still this high on the list. So it's so long, like so long into craft beer. But then again, I'm looking at it at a very small lens because... I'm a craft beer nerd, so to me this is surprising in that sense. But then again, I'm not because this is a good gateway beer into IPAs, at least in my opinion. Yeah, no, I mean the 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 two hearted thing has always been. I've always liked the beer. It's always been one of my favorite beers. The reason why it kind of surprised me, it's dismissive of this list maybe, but or separate from this list, is that this year it was the beer that actually ended up trumping Pliny as the Homebrewer Association's number one beer. Like, basically, Pliny was the best beer in the country, as voted by the BJCP nerdy fucking Homebrew Association, and it too hard it ended up taking that spot this year. I did not know that. So, I, to me, I don't know if there's a direct correlation to that. I don't think the Homebrewers Association has that kind of pull as it being... If they say a beer is the best beer in the world, are more people going to buy it? Now, is that more of a kind of um, a, a headline thing to where it, instead of saying BJCP nerds uh, rate Too Hearted the best or saying Too Hearted is now the best beer in the world to where more people buy it? Do you think it's, again, a beer on merit, which it's a fantastic beer, or do you think it's also catapulted by somebody saying it's the best beer in the country? Because Pliny was kind of run like that. Like A lot of people wanted Pliny because of that title. It yeah. was the best IPA in the country, and everybody traded for it because of that moniker. Now, you know, Too Hard gets that moniker, and automatically now it's uh, second on the list. Now, Is that a connection? I don't know. See, the, the thing that I found interesting in a different way than you about it being number two is it's an established beer. Like, it's been around for a while, and it's something I've drank every single time it comes out, you know, or, like, every time I see it, and, it, and it's on draft I'll, I'll have one you know i mean and that's what kind of threw me with it because you would think like a lot of these ones that are like top checked in in 2017 would be like a newer beer something that's like a craze or popular at that time so to see something that's been like a beer that's been around for a while coming out of a brewery like bells which i mean i i do enjoy a lot of their stuff you know that, that i was surprised that it was like okay here's something that's like a yearly beer and now it's still at the top of the list. You yeah, know, but like and I said, but like you said, it could be something because of that moniker, because of people saying that it's the best, and now more people are looking to get it. But I mean, like I said, it's a good beer. 
and I'll drink it. It's way better know? than a good beer. It's yeah. a fantastic beer, but it, it's it's a weird kind of exercise in that I'd love to know, like, if I had the kind of um, access to see when the numbers peaked for Two Hearted to see if it was round when the Brewers Association ended up announcing it that it was one of the best beers. It was in the middle of the summer. It was June when they actually announced it, and. It'd be interesting to that see. That would be really cool to see those numbers. It, it'd see if it spiked because of that reason. It's a weird thing because it's like, if listen, it has to be an infinitely popular beer for it to make this list. You know what I mean? It has to be a beer that transcends the 1% beer nerd that's sitting at this table. It has to transcend the 10% beer nerd that just like, you know, weekend warrior kind of person. It has to go to the regular Joe guy. There's no way you have to have volume to make this list. It has to be good plus volume to make this list. So I don't know if it being kind of voted the best beer in the country by that association had that much sway and that much pull. It's It'd be so interesting to get in the inner workings of Untapped. Obviously, they would never do that because... You know, they're probably just twisting numbers in, in general. See because that data. I would love just to mess around with spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's the kind of shit that would fucking make me get a hard, hardcore boner. No, like, like, but it, we're laughing about it, but like that, that's kind of what drives me on my end. As a salesman, I, I'm a numbers whore, man. Like, I, I want to see where the competition is, where I'm at. And like I want to see that growth. Like, I, and like, but that's the thing is like the numbers don't lie. You can pinpoint. And I don't weaknesses even, through the numbers I don't even or, think or even, timing through the numbers and that's the thing like I would love to see those numbers I would love to see is was it like they said it and then it's just like hey we skyrocketed more so than even numbers I, I think it's really if the media picked it up you know you know if one good media outlet saw that the, the judge that article where Bell's too hard yeah, to throw it on Reddit they put on they build those lists oh the top 50 breweries in the country and it's all based on that one writer's opinion but if he writes for a big media outlet that pulls weight and those are the kind of things if you went back from now to the summer and see if any there was any of those big lists from big outlets and if Bell's too hard was up there in the top five that's gonna push these numbers well I'm, I'll tell you I'll tell you for a fact now like when we get into the next beer that's on this list it's because of certain lists and certain names and certain things <laughs> that it's happened. So, like, I, let's just make that transition. Well, no, Come no. On, I wanna, it. Well, it's it, it, like the last thing I wanted to talk about with with the two hearted thing. It, it, it's it's also in, if you never like read the book, and there's been a bunch of books written around the same thing, which is the basically wisdom of crowds thing, which is the. Uh, it was like James Siwanecki or something like that wrote a book about basically the influence of people in herds and things like that as far as marketing goes and things like that. It, to me, Two Hearted might be a kind of uh, a, a baby of that mindset of, of, of like usually you don't find a wisdom in the crowd, but there's a wisdom to the crowd itself. It's like a quantity versus quality, but quantity has a quality all its own kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's a weird kind of marketing thing to where if you actually dug into it again, the whole, we wish we were in the numbers thing you could have fun with now on to your favorite ranking here. Well, no, it's not my favorite, but uh, we're going to go number three. It's Yingling breweries, traditional lager. It's actually called Yingling brewing, traditional lager, whatever it's piss in a bottle. Yeah. Actually, I don't mind lager. I'm not going to sit here and say I hate it. I had um, one on my way here. <laughs> okay. So, uh, that was a road soda, by the way. <laughs> yeah. He, he was drinking it on the way here. You know. But anyway, here's a brewery. We're recording in Connecticut right now. Yeah. <laughs> this is in Texas where you can have open containers. Um, 
it's a local brewery for us. Everyone here's grandfathers and dads or whatever. It's brewed in Texas. It's brewed in Texas. And Florida. And Florida. <laughs> um, no, it's a Pennsylvania beer. It's a staple. It's on in almost every single corner bar you can get into. Um, and I said, yeah, it's not a bad beer. I'm not like as much as I want to hate it. It's a lager. It's good. It's tasty. You could have about fifty of them. It's fantastic. But to be that high on the list. They were ranked the number one brewery now because they were allowed to be the number one craft brewery because of the stipulation of the using of adjunct grains where they weren't there before, right? So, I mean, that was the reason why before they weren't a craft brewery, right? Now, all of a sudden, they changed the rules. You can use adjuncts. They use corn, right? And all of a sudden, now... Uh, no, it, a certain percentage of... It was, uh, yeah, it's a certain percentage. But the thing is, Untap's but, a free market. You can check in... No, 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 no. So. I, I know that. But all of a sudden, they now become in all the media the number one craft brewery in the United States. So, I mean, we saw it here. We saw any of our friends here that trade or anything like that. Once that happened and people were like, oh, this is the number one brewery in America for craft beer, you would see the West Coast people going, so what's that? Can we get it? And you could trade like a six-pack of this lager for a six-pack of Pliny. You know, so like I said, so that popularity jumped off and was, and then granted, now Pennsylvania does check in a shit ton of beers on Untapped, and like you said, you can check anything in. I can check my Jenny Cream Ales that I just had in. So, I mean, but I think the popularity of them becoming number one, then it's it's sought after. It's a combination of a couple different things. You were talking about Pennsylvania checking in a bunch of different beers, and we'll get to that. Yeah. I think there's also... A mindset of wanting to check in the beer. There's, I think that's actually like a psychological thing when it comes to Untapped. I think a lot of people drink beers that they don't check in um, because they, for some other, for some reason, they don't want to. Do you know what I mean? Like it just doesn't. It's not cool enough. I mean, that's a whole other subject. We might delve into it today, but. There's the opposite effect of that to where there's some people want to check in Miller High Life or Pabst or Yingling because they find it sticky and cool. Um, but the other thing is, and this is where I think Yingling ends up landing for me. And I think it's, you know, I love me some weird cuckoo analogies. But this one works. To me, Yingling is the Olympic athlete from Russia. It is basically, it is it is a beer without a country. It was stuffed into there. It wanted to be there. So there, you know, it, I mean, this is Olympic laden. If you hear this two years from now, you probably won't make sense. But right now in early 2018, the Winter Olympics going on. Russia's been banned because of all the steroids that they use and all the different performance enhancing drugs. And there was a good bulk of their athletes that were are allowed to be in the Olympics basically because the facility that ended up um, uh, providing them in doping for them destroyed a bunch of samples before the walls got kicked in and those athletes are in, in the Olympics. They're not allowed to have a country. And that's kind of where Yingling stands. The adjunct thing, the addition, you know, up to whatever it is now, 50 some odd percent adjuncts can be considered craft or whatever it is. I forget what it's, what the number is, but it's like they're on the list, but they're not really should be on the list, but they're allowed to be on the list. They, they, you know, they're kind of there. Let's just, they're there. And that's it. I'm pretty sure Dick Yingling is doping too. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's on steroids. Yeah. He's, he's straight boofing some fucking (laughs) Cheeto right now, but it's, it's one of those things where it's, they're on a list. We get it. They're allowed, but no one's really going to be like, okay, whatever. You're, you're, you're the guy doing the HDH in the corner. 
Yeah. Anything? Nothing? No. No, like, I mean, basically, we, we, let's just move on to the next. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, you guys can talk about the next one, because to me, these are... This, the next two are straight up marketing and not good. Not for me personally, beers that I would put on this list or they even didn't put make a, any of their beers. They made on. a huge push. And, I've, and Voodoo Ranger is the only beer on this list that I've never had. So I can't speak to number four. But I know very well, and I'm sure Brad could speak to this better than I can, the, the savvy of New Belgium's marketing and pushing to the East Coast, and especially in our area in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I mean they're new to the the East Coast area. They they just opened up Pennsylvania, what about a year and a half ago? Uh, I think they went into Jersey, and New York. You know, um, to be honest with you, they're a solid brewery. I'm not going to say that they're not. They they do produce some good beers. Um, these ones that are on the list, I don't think are the top of the stuff that they make. I know they do well with some some of their sour programs and things like that. I actually. I mean, we're going to go just, we'll go through uh, four and five. It's Voodoo Ranger and then it's Fat Tire, which is like their flagship. Um, you know, I, I think they have other, some other beers that are better in their portfolio. But yeah, you're talking about a bigger brewery that markets themselves well. You know, very um, conservational, or is that the word? Um, you know, like outdoorsy, like they support a lot of good causes. Um, it's, they're a good company. You know, I'm not gonna sit here and bash them, but like, yeah, it's it's more to me like I don't think they're the best brewery out there. They're just a popular brewery. You know, they're coming out of Colorado, right? Colorado, I believe so. Right. So right there alone, I mean, you're talking about a high consumption state, a lot of check-ins, things like that. But I mean, like like I said, for those two beers, it is what it is. I think it's just it's marketing. They're a bigger brewery, and you know, people like the beers. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I mean, to me, like I said, I'm not a fan of the beers. I'd rather have their black lager, was, I thought was really nice, or like one of their Abbeys. But that's about it. And so we're going to go on to like the next one. And this this is one that surprised me. This surprised me. I, 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 and I sort of think it's the, the new facility opening up stateside that led to this but i i i very surprised by this go ahead jeff jump in on that it's um a punk ipa by brewdog and i remember geez we'll say a year and a half two years ago um there's a local bar or local bottle shop by us called sabatini's that would every once in a while get brewdog ipas and brewdog beer but they were ancient we're talking months they were very old and the distribution platform thanks matt that's the background music yeah. to, the, uh, <laughs> to the epic introduction of uh, Brewdog Brewing. But they recently opened a facility stateside. Ohio, am I? Is it in Ohio? Columbus. Yeah, it's, it's in Ohio. Um, I haven't had anything by Brewdog since God, it's been almost two years. So I, I'm not sure. I've never had any of the, the stuff that was brewed stateside. But have any no. of you guys? Um, I've had some stuff. Yeah, I was gonna oh, say, I, I've, I've had the Punk IPA recently. See, but this is the thing. I'm always trying to look real quick when that kind of music interlude came through. <laughs> yeah, also have to understand Untapped's not a U.S. app; it's a global app. So I think this might be a little bit of the kind of the yeah. the, the the rest of the world kind of chiming in with a little bit different of a beer. Okay, I, I, I I'm trying that. to see if it was just U.S. based. What the list was, I didn't see it real quick. If I'm wrong, strike me down, whatever. But I think this is more okay. 
here here's the whole world chiming in i think you know uh, punk ipa is available in the united states it's available in all of europe it's available in japan it's yeah. available in a lot of different countries so i think you're just talking about a kind of quantity issue here when it comes to punk ipa i think if you made it just u.s only i don't think it makes the list yeah i can see that i mean but like i said i was surprised and, and in a good way like there are a brewery out there that you like to see what they're doing. I like what they're doing. I like their their mindset of what they do. Like everything's crowdsourced and in their fans, and it's like them them re- remaining like I don't know, fighting the good fight. I, I I can see that. I agree with that. But I also think they're they're kind of the newspaper industry. I feel like they've put too much effort into the kind of crowdsourcing. And the opening of the new brewery in the United States, I think a lot of the beer styles and a lot of the kind of goodwill that garnered from the show, which I actually really enjoyed, yeah. and a lot of different things are kind of waning. I, I don't feel like they're being relevant. I think feel like their relevancy is dropping quick. And I don't think that, it used to be BrewDog was cool. Like you find a BrewDog beer, you'd be like, that's pretty cool. And you find some of their barrel age offerings or be like Toklo or, Jur- or, you know, I love Juror or something like that. You'd find a really cool yeah. beer. Now it's kind of shit that sits on the shelves. And I think it's a lot their fault. I think they just don't, they've been so preoccupied with opening the U.S. facility, <clears throat> excuse me, and doing different things to where I think they're kind of losing the grip or that kind of cachet they had with people. Because they're just taking too long to come to the table with, with the U.S. brewery. I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to bring a brewery in the United States so they can produce the IPAs, so they can produce things that people want fresh. That's why a lot of these big IPAs don't play in the United States from overseas. You know what I mean? When you see an IPA from somebody overseas, whether it be Omnipolo or somebody like that, it's typically a soured variant of an IPA. So they're trying to like finagle it in some form or fashion. You know what I mean? So they're trying to get in that trend in the United States. I just think it's passing them by a little bit and they've just kind of lost the market a little bit. I mean, to touch on just that, that whole European market coming to here. I mean, you're talking like you're losing a month almost from the production of the beer till it hits a store in the United States Mm -hmm. to get it over here, to get it through customs, to get it, to a wholesaler and then to sell it into an account, you know, like, so it's you, hard to get a, a, oh, yeah, a so place you, up the street in the market quick enough. Yeah. So like, so that's the, talk. yeah. So that, and so when that, we get to number eight, we'll talk, well, yeah. I'll talk about that. But, but that's when you, that's when you get into it. Like, so you're talking any type of big IPA. If, yeah, I mean, I follow Omnipolo tall, like a lot of those European guys. And I mean, some of the stuff that they're doing on social media that you're seeing, it's great. By the time it gets here, you're talking a month on an IPA, and I, I hate to be that person that's like, oh, like dates or anything like that, but yeah, the hops fall off. Dates don't you know, matter. Like, dates don't. Yeah. Dates matter in a, in the grain aspect of things, but it's more like if it's sitting on a cargo ship. Yeah, it's heat. In, it's in hundred degrees yeah. and, and and all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, it, it's it's one of those. It doesn't translate well over here, and so I understand the whole thing with BrewDog. They're opening up a place in the United States. And I mean, they're do, they're they're getting that up and running as fast as possible. So I would love to see some, like this stuff come back, like them to come back, be putting out new stuff to see new stuff in our area. Yeah, and I think they have the knowledge and the obviously they have the knowledge. They're they're good at what they do, and I think I think they'll they'll I think they'll bounce back. Personally, I mean, I like them. I used to watch what was the TV show they had where they brew beer and brew dogs. Yeah, it was called Brew Dogs. Yeah, and um, I, I respect fantastic. what they do. I loved it. It was fun. It got a little bit too, like, you know what I mean? 
sticky sticky towards the end like can we make a beer on top of a mountain wall a volcano was going oh excuse me they did make beer underwater they did that and they did i respect the shit out of that but yeah i mean all in all brew dog is like a weird thing i want to actually like wait to see when the facility opens and what they do because i could see them actually doing something pretty interesting i agree like i don't know what it is but i could see them being like okay we're back here we are we're doing this thing obviously they know marketing they know what they want to do as far as like making noise and creating uh like a groundswell of support for for people you know they did the whole you know punks for whatever equity Equity for punks. They know what they're doing when it comes to their marketing standpoint. So I could see them doing something super interesting, but we'll have to wait to see because yeah, they, it's they, a good, it, they're up there. The the brewery's up and running. It's it's going. They're not really pushing beer out. It's not really production ready, but they're close. Like every every time on Instagram, I see James flying back and forth and just taking pictures about what's going on. So yeah. they're super close, but not it's it's, it's kind of like let's check back in six months, kind of thing. Yeah, and I know they just did another equity. For like uh, another European brewery, that they're opening another facility in Europe. Who cares about that yeah. shit? I want well, uh, USA, son. You you don't know this American. You, yo, this is worldwide. <laughs> worldwide internets. Uh, so let's go on to the next one. Dogfish Head, sixty minute. It's a fantastic beer. I will drink that beer whenever I have a chance to drink it. But I always pass it by because I forget about it. And anytime I drink it, I go man, this is a delicious beer. Why am I not drinking this? That's kind of like my stance on sixty minute. Yeah, I mean, like, in, well, in when did they roll it out in cans? Just last year, right? Yeah, it's in cans now. Yeah, it's in yeah. cans now. But I mean, like, you go for and the north, the, the northeast of America. I mean, this is like one of the first big players in the IPA game. Yeah, you know, I mean, not to mention the only guy that ever gave Tom Waits a, a, a fucking battle on raspy guttural, yeah, fucking voiceness. IPA. You know what I mean? Like a fucking Sal Sam has the best voice yeah. in the history of fucking voices in the best horrible <laughs> way possible. Well, I mean, this is probably from all the years of inhaling like different things in the brewery. Yeah. We, let's put mace in our yeah. beer. Yeah. Yeah. Like what yeah. Just did. But no, but like 60 minute IPA, I mean like 60 minute, 90 minute are definitely like two of the ones if I see them, you know, and the price is right and it's in a, like a bar or restaurant, I'm getting them. They're go-to's. In sixty minutes, honestly, it's it's a tap handle I see almost everywhere. Yeah, like it, it, they own tap handles. Do you know what I mean? And that's yeah. one of the things, and that's probably why this gets checked in so much, because I'll go to like my buddy's bar in the middle of the Poconos, kind of you know backwoods, middle of nowhere. He wanted to have craft on, and uh, he asked me suggestions. I gave him suggestions. I didn't hear from him a while when it showed up, and sixty minutes wasn't a suggestion, and it was on. Now, is that is that is that you know the company pushing sixty minute on them? Sure, but it also is a company pushing sixty minute because they know it's going to sell and it oh, and yeah. it sells. And it, yeah, you know, he's like surprised how well it sells because but, it's I mean, a really good beer. And I said the wholesaler in our area that has it, yeah, like where your buddy's bars at, that's their flagship. Dogfish Head and Trogues are like their two main ones, you know. And so, like, I mean, they push. I mean, and but but the thing is, it gets handles because it sells. It's a beer that if it's in a bar and you're looking for an IPA, it's gonna sell. Yeah. Even even the people who haven't ever had craft beer before, they know that beer. You'd say sixty minute, they're like, Oh, that's the one with the shark tap. Like people know that beer who even haven't even tried it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um and like I said, I mean, another just solid brewery. You know, making a good beer or better than good beer. And it is it readily available. 
in our area yeah, at least. I have a love hate with uh, Dogfish, and I like what they do. I have a love hate as far as their beers go. I have a love love relationship for what they do. Do you know what I mean? As far as like, I love when people experiment. Do you know what I mean? And when I we were um, in a local group that we talk about beer, someone brought up the. Um, what was your best first beer in like, I remember when I originally got into beer, like in the late nineties, like dogfish head was here. Do you know what I mean? So you're talking, you know what I mean? 20 years later, it's still here. So we're talking about a lot of these breweries. Sure. Sierra Nevada, sir founder, stuff like that is pretty old. We didn't see them up until like maybe eight, 10 years ago in this area. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like as far as like 20 years ago, really good, dogfish but dogfish head was here. Him sure, and Sam it, Adams. Yeah. And they were here. So it's, it's something that, you know, near and dear to a lot of our hearts. One of the breweries that got us into beer. So we understand why they're there. Mm. Yeah. What do we have next? Here you go. Jeff, you want to take this one? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> so High Lie by Cigar City, um, based in Tampa. Um, I'm a big Tampa fan in general. Um, I travel down there every March for Tampa beer, Tampa Bay Beer Week. Go Devil Rays. Go, yeah, go Devil he Rays. He likes all their sporting. They're just Rays now, but I call them Devil All their Rays. sporting teams. Yeah, and their sport ball teams. <laughs> he likes it's the light. It's a very craft beer-centric town. So uh, last year when I was down there, and the stat was, uh, was 43 craft breweries within a, a very small area. We're talking you can travel. 30, 40 minutes from end to end of the area in a circle, and you got 43 breweries. So just, there's a lot of beer getting brewed down there. But um, back to the beer itself. So Highlight, I mean, there's it's your it's a pretty basic IPA, and there's nothing super special about it. Um, I mean, they do have a white oak version, which I don't really want to talk about because I'm not <laughs> personally a fan. But I love white. Oak. I love this beer, and and the one thing I want to talk about is that I love this beer in Tampa. I will not drink this beer when I'm not in Tampa. And it saddens me because I want the Tampa version of it, not in Tampa. <laughs> and uh, I think this is just a product of um, poor distribution. And um, I don't know really how it would be combated. I don't want to get into that. But you go into a bottle shop in Pennsylvania, you buy a, a can of Highlight, crack it open. It's not really that good. You finish it and you look at the bottom. It's two and a half, three months old every single time. And... Yeah, dates don't always matter, but for this beer, it really matters. So I'm sort of surprised to see it so high on the list. And is the are these check-ins all in Tampa? No, I mean, like, Flo- Flo- obviously not. But, but Florida's in like top five states for consumption. True, and they're they're in like top five states for number of breweries now too. I think, right? Yeah. I also think it's a, a thing where people want to check in. Yeah, Cigar City beers and want to check in highlight. I get where you're coming from as far as the dating goes, but it's it's been a thing where I've actually I've found can like whenever I see highlight, I look at dates on highlight more than I look at any other dates. And honestly, I'll pull one up at one place. I'll pull up to a place and be like, "Oh, highlight." I'll look it up and be like, "Okay, that's two months old." But literally, like little crap tastic bodegas around here, I'll be like, "That's." five days old i found five day old highlight up here so Text it's me next time that yeah, and, but <laughs> that's and that's the thing it's a weird thing it's a weird phenomenon to because what happens i think it comes in waves and we get it and it's either super fresh or it's kind of older so it's one of those things where i've seen that so often to where it's something i constantly check on and i agree it's it's, it's a beer that falls off weird uh, not weird, but just kind of falls off to to a middle ground. It never com- becomes bad. It just becomes kind of, you know, a nice beer. Now, uh, the end all be of the conversation is 
you're wrong because fucking White Oak Highlight is fantastic. So go fuck yourself. <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. And it, basically, basically, you're wrong because Matt's right. Is what I'm, he just I'm said. cool with that. So like, <laughs> and I think about I, you don't like it really. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I don't hate it, but he I likes, love this he likes beer. The, the black oak. Beer. I love this beer so much. Like when I go down the Cigar City, I'm gonna buy a six pack of this and a six pack of Invasion Pale Ale, which is their the slightly. I personally like Invasion a little bit better, and it'll crush it. I'll cr- I'll drink both of them in two this, days. This is delicious. also just to paraphrase or to to put a warning out. This is the kid that's gonna end up in the dumpster at cycle day. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah. so trust me, he's gonna crush a lot of things in Tampa, and then he's gonna go <laughs> blow some dudes and go pass out. In, but pass out in a dumpster. One one thing about this beer, I personally think that if that in the best case perfect world, I've had a, except Voodoo Ranger, which I've never had. I've had all these beers fresh. And I think Highlight is the best one IPA wise, even pale ale wise, out of all these beers. Oh, I would agree. I mean, I couldn't speak to the to the new Belgium stuff because I just not a big fan of the brewery. So, I mean, if I had you know you know whatever Fat Tire or Voodoo Ranger from the Bright, who knows? But yeah, now Highlight is a fantastic beer when it's when it's proper. I agree. I love it. Like like above this list of beers like it, yeah it, it, like if you were to actually like be like in its optimal form which is the best beer on this list it'd be a tie between this beer and the next beer in the list yeah. yeah i mean the next beer in the list is like one of my first loves so <laughs> we go in there and we're just gonna skip to that one now yeah I yeah think i mean because i have nothing to say about highlight like i mean it's a good beer but again, like we all live in the same. It's a great beer. Shut yeah, no, mouth. but but we all live in the same area. So can I get it three months old or can I get it f- three days fresh? Mm-hmm. You know, so like I said, I've had it at times where it's amazing. I've had it at times where it's when bad. I come back from whatever, Tampa, go I'll, drink I'll... a chalada. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like the picante one that has a little bit of spice. Okay. <laughs> I'm driving back from Tampa. I fly down and drive back with a car full of beer. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. Get, life for so everyone. anybody who needs beer, one uh, eight hundred uh, Jeff Katra. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> the next the next one is KBS Founders. First, yeah. first barrel aged beer I've ever had in my life. Yeah, I think let's it talk might, about it. What do you guys what? think? Uh, I have thoughts on this one. I have very. I'm going to talk a lot while, so you guys get your. No, shit I mean, like to me, it's still a great beer to me. I I still enjoy it. I get it every single year it comes out. Usually put one or two aside, let it age a little bit. You know, um, it's gone in waves. There's been years that are better than others. Um, I mean, and this is a weird one because like we say, like we've been saying founders in our area, five, six years, seven years, whatever it's been. They're one of like the, like the newer craft breweries, but we've seen a lot of them. So I've had the, uh, the luck to have like seven years in a row of this. And there's been times where I thought it was awesome, fresh. And there's been a couple years where I'm like, mm, Okay. I think they came back recently. The last couple of years have been, I, I thought, have been better versions than what they have put out a couple of years prior. But again, it's another one that for me too, like, give me like a KBS with like one or two years on it. It's a perfect night for me. You know, yeah. if I'm at a bar and we used to have a couple, we used to have a local one here that like, honestly, you could pull three to four year KBSs out of his uh, cooler. And like that would be that that'd be a go to. You'd be like, okay, just grab one of these, you know. But I mean, same with a lot of the other stuff from Founders, the Imperial, you know, like a lot of their bigger beers. I like it. Put a couple of years on them, 
I think they're fantastic. It's not Doom. Not Doom. Well, I mean, but I'm just saying, like, I'm, I'm maybe like, in like the, ten years. <laughs> but no, like the the dark. Maybe I'll save that. Game. Yeah, like, but like they're darker stouts. They're heavier beers. They're just ones like I could sit there and be like, I like them fresh. Put a couple years on them, one or two, three, and I think they get better. But I mean, yeah, KBS to me is always going to hold a place because it was like that and that Bourbon you, County. It was the where, beer that you chased. Yeah, it's it was the beer I've ever chased. Actually, that, that, that probably was the first beer I chased after. So for me, I like 2014. I thought it was really good, and I had it when I was two years old. Then I chased after 15 and 16. I didn't really like it. Then I had this year's, or last year's, I should say. It's 2017, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was better than, at least in my recent memory. And for me, 2014 was like, this is the first barrel-aged beer I'm ever having. So maybe it was that moment, and I still remember. It was kind of that aha moment because I wasn't a whiskey drinker. So that really didn't connect with me. But when I drank that beer, I'm like, wow, this is this is real. So I don't know if that was a development, but I didn't like the two years after that. And I thought this past year was really good. So, Matt, you, I know you have. I actually don't like it that much. Mm, OK, whatever. No, anyway, no, I, no listen, it's, <laughs> it's a good beer, right? But it's a stout with coffee added and chocolate. That style, there are better beers out there like the Alesmith variants. Are better, Peche Mortel is better. That's what I think. Well, I mean two things. One, closer to the mic is better, and two, um, <laughs> like the, the, <laughs> there it is. And uh, uh, listen, uh, Founders makes one of my be- favorite barrel aged beers in the history of mankind. They make a beer called Sweet Repute, and it's my favorite beer in the history of mankind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, will, uh, that is like uh, uh, you know Mount Rushmore shit for me. Never had it. Now it, that's right up there with that. What's that other, what's it, oh, God, what was that other one that we had that night with Sweet Refruit, uh, Long a Tooth? Oh, uh, that was, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah that was a surly, uh, but the proof thing that was really fun, but, um, the, KBS is weird. To me, it, it's not so much the beer variants all that much in general, I think the barrel variants all the time, it's always a tannin thing, it's either super dry fucking oak tannin, or it's, or it's, it's not enough oakiness i think the last year got it correct I th- a lot of people thought the coffee was too big i thought the coffee was perfect but all that shit aside the list we look at the list number one founders all day ipa bell's two-hearted ipa yingling lager sure buddha ranger ipa fat tire amber hot a- ford a- beer amber ale. um brew dog ipa dogfish ipa Cigar City IPA. Then we skip to number nine. We get to uh, KBS, which is a bourbon barrel aged stout that people used to chase. So you have to understand, you have to step back and look at the list from a distance. And that here's a beer that not only people like kind of chased after, that last year was more readily available and it kind of leans to this list and kind of makes this list make more sense. But you have to think. How many people check this in to become number nine? Like, you're yeah. talking like an insane amount of people had to check it in. So the availability of the beer, it went from a beer you couldn't get to a year and a half later, a beer that it was number nine on the most check-in list. Not the yeah. best beer list. You're, you're going Not up. the highest rated list. The most checked in beer list. Yeah, you're going up. That's fucking insane. Honey, 120,250. Right? So, that's only check. That's check-ins. checked in. Check-ins. That, yeah, check-ins. Yeah. But like, how many people aren't on tap? Aren't in, you yeah. know, like one. The one thing that I like that they've done the last, I think it might be the last two years or just maybe last year, is twelve ounce bottles, twenty fives. 
I like that. I like the the two bottle format. Get a I bomber agree. of it, then you might want to go and share with your friends. Get a four pack, drink one, two, and keep the other ones for the next two years. And and like I love I I love KBS even when it's not perfect for me. Even when it lands like last year land fantastic for me. I think it's a fantastic beer. I enjoy it. I pick it up every year. It's just it's just what boggles my mind is the fact that it's on this list. Because that it's, us, it's, us it's, dark beer drinkers are all still here fighting the good fight. In this 10-part <laughs> list of the super uber-distributed crazy IPA-laden beers, yep. this bourbon barrel-aged stout that is still relatively limited. Do you know what I mean? It's sure. It's readily available to a lot of people out there, and it's pretty yeah. much been kind of designated as a shelf beer at this point now to the way today works. The fact that it's checked in this much... Is in fucking sane. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Because you, you would think insane. one would think it would be Bourbon County Stout because of the money in the in in the power behind Goose Island, mm-hmm. right? So you're talking an independent brewer out of well, actually, yeah, like out of Michigan, and like I said, 120 thousand check-ins, check-ins, but like that that doesn't mean there's so many people that don't have the app. You know, like that shows you how much distribution this beer had. Let's put a pause, and, hit pause button right now. Who uses Untapped? I, I stopped. I haven't. I haven't used it in like a year. I or don't so. use it anymore. I use. It. I go through waves. Right now, since uh, since my birthday celebration in my house, I haven't. Ch- I've checked in uh, one beer. Okay, but, but for the most part, half. Two yeah. don't. Two don't do. Yeah. At this point, go ahead. Well, Recap. and I said, but the, the, but and that's that's my thing was like, I think Untapped to me kind of put a mirror up to my drinking levels and I just I don't want to face that fact anymore but like I said so you have a beer out there like that is against this whole list this whole list is well not the whole list but the majority of the list is hoppy IPAs and then here comes like this dark horse it makes coming it in honest. at number nine he's, he's yeah, squeaking no, in in the top ten do you, do you think maybe it's on there because of the newness of its availability no like people people like I think it's on there because of nefarious reasons. That's a, my cynical, douchey self. It's so stark and so out of left field, and it's so not readily available enough to where that many people check it in. I'm, I, I could see a little bit of fu- well, fuck duggery going on with the numbers. Well, you know what I mean? Area like when it first became readily available. People were buying it all up just to have it because they didn't know if it'd be that way all the time. Yeah, but you're talking about the Uber one percentile. If you were to take a group of people that are like sitting at Sabs or whatever kind of local beer bar you're sitting at, and you actually took a poll about how many people right now want to drink a big, a double digit bourbon barrel aged imperial stout, I would say that like an eighth of the people raised their hands. As far as the general public sitting at a rando bar, not yeah. super craft beer nerd people, but I'm talking about the people that are now like, beer's cool. Let's go down to the bar and drink some beers. Which drives this list. This list is driven by that person. And, and, and it's so out of left field that it makes me think there's something a little bit... There's two things happen. Either the numbers are wrong, or three things. Numbers wrong, numbers are fudged, or so many people finally got KBS that they all checked it in. That's the yeah. only way I could see that happen. Well, you know what? But it could be a high-ranked beer from years past when it comes to ranking-wise. And like you said, yeah, people are now seeking it out to check it in because... They, They've been the, looking for it for so yeah, long. Yeah, it's like, oh, my God, I could check it in, I could check it in, but I could check yeah. it in. There's also that thing, like... But they also... Uh, sorry to cut you off, but 2017, they, they also um, opened up the California market. 
So that's that's pretty big. I, I think it could be a. I really don't know. It could be a timing thing where we don't know how many kegs or how many barrels of KBS were produced, and it could have just been. I mean, kegs could have went to bars everywhere. I think the numbers out there, like if we really wanted to dig. But yeah, I don't. I'm too, I'm too fucking lazy for that. I'm too lazy for it, and I maybe it's just founders. This maybe it's founders' year. Maybe it's their timing because. But like you said, Matt, that. <laughs> that this doesn't make sense. It doesn't, <laughs> and, and, and like, it's just. I get it. I think it should be on the list. Do you know what I mean? I'm not talking about it being a bad beer. No, it's definitely on my list. I dig the shit out of it. We've all talked about it, but um, it just, it just, mm, I don't know. There's something kind of the shit don't add up. Let's put it that way. And then let's go to the last on the list. Let's go ten Stone Brewing Stone Ripper. Uh, it sounds like uh, I was actually, I was actually surprised by this that it was that beer from Stone. Not that Stone's on the list, but I, I'm surprised that it was the Ripper. No, it made sense to me. Go ahead on your point though. I d- I just thought it would have been more like one of the more like beers that have been around for a while, like just like straight IPA, something along those lines. People like session beers. Yeah, that yeah. and I think a lot of Stone's beers through history, and we're talking every beer they've ever fucking made. Like, whether it be a Belgian quad or a stout or whatever, has always been infinitely too hopped. Like, you'd be like, oh, they made a Belgian quad and be like, that's a crazy hop Belgian quad. So I think with Stone Ripper, they finally dropped the fucking kind of pine needly fucking crazy, super uber fucking palate smacking crazy hopped and made a more kind of East Coast leaning kind of IPA to where it was a bit more accessible to people palate wise, not the actual accessible wise to where I think it just resonated with people. And that's why I think it landed on the list at number 10. I'm really, again, numbers wise, I want to see where, what was 11th, 11th, 12th and 13th. Yeah. But uh, I mean, sure we could just go in the app, but whatever. But yeah, it, it makes sense to me. It makes sense for Stone to be in the list. Yeah, like I said, I thought. I mean, I, I figured they'd be on the list. Actually, I think that I I thought they might be a little bit higher with their check-ins. I mean, because you're talking one, you're talking about a high consumption state with California, and and you know they do beers that are see I, I like could... sought after. Like people people drink their IPAs and drink the Stone beers and stuff like that. It's they're a nationwide brand at this point, you know. And I said so. Like you, I. I'm not that familiar with the Ripper one, but like I said, it's just one of those that I thought it might be one of more of their baseline, you know, their traditional, like the ones that have been around for a while. See, I couldn't figure out how to manipulate the data and untapped to pull up that list. And I went, I mean, I honestly, I gave it five minutes. I looked through here for five minutes, trending beers, locations, top rated beers, which is just your typical, your typical hipster whales, we all know, even though Goose Island, we all hate InBev, but they have all, they have the top hate four them. beers, top four beers in Untapped rating wise, but I couldn't figure out how to pull this list up on in the app itself, so um, the whole five minutes I spent, clearly I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> Put a lot of research into this one. <laughs> yeah, but if you could figure out how to pull up that list, I would love to see those numbers as well because I, I still can't figure out how KBS is on there from a volume yeah. perspective. But but I think what we're going to get into like with this is, I mean, there's a lot of room here for debate and looking at their numbers or anything like that. But we also want to um, kind of segue this into the next one that Matt was talking about or thinking about. Uh, I think Good. you're getting ahead of the segues here. We're going to talk a little bit more about Untapped's different yes. lists and things like well, that. No, Before no, no, we get no, into that's what I was list. getting into. Okay, go ahead. No, no, so, so like the next list we were going to get into is um, 
in one of the articles I saw, they also posted like what their most popular or highest rated beers are for right now in 2018. Can I, can I put the brakes on for one second? Okay, sure I guess so. Um, before we go to this list, uh, and everybody name at least one beer, name one beer that you think is going to be on the 2018 version of the list we just talked about that may that's not on this list now. What's one beer that's going to be on that list? It, it doesn't have to be right, but it, it'll be fun in a year from now. When we Shotgun on the last. When we do the... <laughs> <laughs> When we do this podcast again, let's see, let's see if we're sort of on the, the right track. So a 2018 beer that is going to be on, Don't the, think too, on the top too deep 10. Into it. You know, to be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if Too Hard is on it again. No, new beer. Something oh, that's we got to take something that's not yeah, even on the list. Something that's going to break into the list. Mm, that's a tough one. I'm just gonna. I Heady. think. I think. Lagan, I think Lagunitas. I'm not sure what the beer is gonna be, but they're gonna be on that list. Heady. You want to know why? Yeah. Uh, because today, um, Heady was available in Philly. My buddy sent me a picture last night of a four pack of Heady, and I didn't respond. And maybe yeah. that was like the cryptic. I think. I think. And I shouldn't say Heady. My my guess is somebody in that vein the vermont somebody in that kind of uh, your vermont laden brewery is going to step it up and do a bit extra um production a bit extra distribution to where more people get it to where it's not so much that's crazy level distributed beer but enough like kbs to where i think some i even, can't wait for that you know what I'm, you know what i'm, I'm so wrong i'm wrong because it, it would have to go multi-state and i'm wrong and i'm wrong but um, maybe i'm wishing but it, 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 you know what it is? It's going to be somebody like, it's going to be a Funky Buddha. It's going to be somebody who is a Constellation brand or Duvel brand or somebody like that. It has a national footprint to where they can distribute I enough would, yeah. and they make a beer. I That's what say, it's going to yeah. be. I would say Sculpin, Ballast Point. No. Back, ba- no. Backed by Constellation now. No. I think uh, Bourbon County might backdoor their way in. It's just sitting on the shelf everywhere. Anybody that wants it can get it. I know where you can get a lot of it. I got some at my house. You want to mm. come over? <laughs> Uh, my vote's Lagunitas. You have to push a lot of numbers to get into this list from, like Matt said, the not the not I don't want to say the average Joe because that sounds ignorant. I'm, I'm not trying to call somebody an average Joe beer drinker, but you you are the average Joe beer drinker. You're not waiting in line at 4 a.m. for beer, and I think Lagunitas is going to be on this I'm list. I'm going to go uh, Golden Road Wolf Pup Session IPA. It's available in... <laughs> company. Uh, Tone it, company you know, line. It's, it's uh, available in 15 packs in all your local markets. <laughs> <laughs> um but it's weird because when you look at Cigar City, you look at Cigar City, and it's so their availability. You know what I mean? Like they're not in a ton of markets, and they made this list. Honestly, it could be somebody like who steps. It could be somebody like that. Oscar, like Blue, Vermont Oscar person. Blues is really you know pushed Cigar be, City. You, though. you know what would be a really good one because they've they've gone out into production. I could see him doing it again. Is Pseudo Sue. I could see Sudo yeah, making a leap. They're on Tavor. They're on. Tavor. I could see them making a leap. It's going to be somebody like that. It's going to be a, a, a Sudo Sue level beer. Zombie Dust. Who makes Zombie Dust? One of those no, three, three boys, but he, they don't distribute enough. I would say would maybe somebody along the lines of like half, half one, acre, one, half one, acre out of uh, well, Chicago. Half acre. Somebody like that, like Sudo Sue, yeah. like uh, Top and Goliath. They, like most of their stuff is a Cigar City who makes it for them. Is it somebody in Florida makes almost all the canned version of Sudo well, Sue? 
it would be it would be somebody like that going kind of branching out like Cigar City did and producing enough to where they can actually make like a dent. Yeah. We're forgetting about Oscar Blues too. Oscar Blues. Oscar Blues is kind of like in that 21st Amendment kind of middle road. They're not necessarily smutty nose, but they're somewhere kind of different than that. They're like West Coast version of that. But they bought they they bought Cigar City and they're sort of like I don't know what the influence is going on there, but I think their their footprint's gonna. Uh, I mean, but that's the thing. Oscar Blues already had their North Carolina thing going on. Like True. that's what I mean. I I, I I I think they've been around long enough to where I think people understand who they are, and I don't think they have that kind of because I think like Cigar City in Highlight had a bit of kind of cachet to it, to where once people saw it, they had to buy it. I don't think Twenty First Amendment has that kind of kind of like vibrance to them. Or whatever you what, want to call what, what, it. What about like a um, like Sierra Nevada getting back in the game? Get, no, get, like hitting no. something. No, but I like see get, here, I can like see get, Sierra Nevada. No, no, but like getting get like maybe they come out with some kind of juicy IPA for the summer and it's a hit because that's somebody that has national distribution and and can really jam it down your throat. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't think so. I like Sierra Nevada makes killer beers and they make well fantastic beers, but I don't think people kind of like when they see you have to look at a brewery and be like, I want that. I think when people look at Sierra Nevada, or look at Twenty uh, First Amendment or whatever, like uh, Oscar Blues, they go, I know that brewery. That's what they. That's what their brain says. You know what I mean? When like I don't think when you see Cigar City, no matter what they put out, I go. What's that? And I'll look at it and see what right. it is. Where where when I see twenty uh, Oscar Blues, I go, oh, I really like Oscar Blues, and I just keep walking. You're absolutely right, and I'm thinking about the way I, I go through bottle shops and look at things, and I I, I have the same thought process. So so it, 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 I, I recant Oscar Blues. I could see somebody in the Northeast just doing it. I mean, the heady thing is only in my brain because I know they hit Philly. I don't think I did have to hit more markets. What about sip of sunshine. No, nah, because honestly, I think the same way that um, Brewdog has lost a bit of luster. I think that Lawson's has done the same to where they've been dragging their feet so long in their facility that, and there's been a bit of variance in sip of sunshine to where it's gotten way more malty, and I don't think it's, I don't think anything has changed with the beer. I think just you know, hop crops and malt, the way things have worked, the beer has changed just naturally. Um, I, I I don't see that beer taking off. That beer is more two-hearted than it is New England-style hazy IPA. And I think the next thing you're going to see in this list is a hazy IPA, and I'm mm-hmm. trying to figure out who's that. What about who is that going to be? No Filter? I think is that there, is a fantastic is there beer, a di- but I, at that level? I don't think I. Again, I, I'm like shooting every fucking born, one of these down. Born, born yesterday by Lagunitas. No, no, I love that beer though. So do I. I love it. I love it to no end. But it's not a hazy New England style IPA. It's just a nice kind of hop forward kind of unique kind of IPA that I dig. But it, it it changes from year to year, and the way no filter comes off, it's delicious. But I don't think Thomas Hooker has. The ambition to make it a big enough product to where people kind of push it into that top 10. Because even now, I'll be like, that beer is delicious. And it gets dismissed on both ends. It's like people who are just getting into beer going, oh, whatever, whatever that is. Or a beer kind of nerd people go, oh, it's fucking dumb. It's like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> it's, it has to be somebody that 
it's either going to be somebody that's big, somebody that's kind of has a super amount of cachet to them. I don't know. You got any other ones I want to shoot down or? No, I mean, <laughs> okay. as much no. as we want to hear your opinion about things. <laughs> I just like hearing your voice. Yeah. It's sexy. I, I think, I think, um, yeah, we, uh, it'd be interesting. It will, it will be interesting to see because you never know. You might have that, like I said, another dark horse that comes out of nowhere that just hits on the right thing at the right time. You know, but like I said, I you definitely have to have some level of production. You know, it's not going to be, you know, as much as I like, I'd sit here and love to, for it to be like a trillium beer. They're not, they're not it, in enough It's going to be the first big you know, brewery gonna, that can nail that wait in line taste for an IP, like your hazy IP. Whoever's the first brewery that can nail that and distribute the shit out of it is going to be the one that wins. So yeah. It's going it's, to be Lion Brewery in, uh, yeah. in Wilson, yeah. Pennsylvania. Steg for life, son. Stegmeyer. <laughs> Stegmeyer IPA, 16 ounce cans, baby. <laughs> so let's skip to the next subject. You were going to kind of lead into this. Uh, yeah, so as the, at the same time that this list came out was probably like end of January. They also put out a list at that time of the top rated, not the top checked in, but the top rated beers of 2018 so far. And not really much of a surprise there because they're all your, um, you know, whale chasing beers, basically. I mean, the whole list. They're good beers. Yeah, I mean, we're not saying that they're not good beers. But, I mean, it's um, very Chicago heavy uh, with the dark stuff. But, I mean, let's just, I'm going to rip down the list real quick and then we can just talk about whatever. So you're going Goose Islanders, 2014 Proprietors, uh, Goose Islands, 2010 Rare. You're going 2014 Vanilla Rye. You're going 2015 uh, Rare again. Now you throw in a little New England here. You got Treehouse King Julius. You have regular King Julius. Then you go to Bottle Logic with a little fundamental observation. Cigar City's the double Hunapu. And then you go Treehouse again for the last two with Very Hazy and Very Green. So like I said, I mean, um, Whale Hunters. Whale Hunters. Yeah. You know, now, are people rating these beers as high as this because they're sought after? Or is it because they're that damn good? So I, I, I've, had, I've had six out of the ten beers. I've never had the King Julius, which honestly, I, that to me, just it's going to be a hype thing. Um, I've had very out of the very or King or whatever the super hype treehouse beers. Um, I had the most recent batch of very green, and I drank it next to the regular green, and I kind of liked the regular green better. Um, I'm probably gonna get my balls cut off by every treehouse trading arena um, member on Facebook, but really good beers. Um, but I think it, it's a mixture of both depending on the beer. I mean. A beer from 2010, like I've never had the 2010 rare. I've had the 2015 rare, and it was, it was like sexy motor oil. It was delicious. So, so here's the surprising one for you guys. I have not had any of those Goose Islands, and I work, really I work for them. I want, <laughs> on this list. I've had all those tree houses. They have warehouses of that stuff still. All I I've heard stories. I've heard horror stories. Well, I mean, they're horrific to me because they still have a ton of this awesome beer in a warehouse somewhere. <laughs> but I've had all those tree houses, and I had uh, double Hunapu. You know, and I said, I mean, like all of them are good beers. Yeah, very good beers. And so, like, I could see them being high-rated beers. But I mean, is it one of those that 
the rating is justified or is it just are people rating it high because it's rare so there's a they have an algorithm i don't know if it's an algorithm i can't say they're that sophisticated but i'm assuming an app that with this stature has an algorithm i would hope so the how to rate but here's how they rate these beers um there are three types of ratings on untapped beer ratings brewery ratings etc oh god i don't even want to read this sorry guys i don't even think i'm going to go into this because there's too much text uh, but Basically, they have um, they they take a number of statistics and they put it all together to say this is this is the top rated beer. Um, to me, it looks like it's just whatever has the highest average. Um, that's what I'm seeing. Four point highest one has four point seven four, and the rest has four point seven one. So whatever they do, it just seems like a pretty simple whatever beer is rated the highest based on the most check-ins. But these this is off of twelve thousand ratings. You could say that. There's 12,000, like a brand new beer comes out, Monkish releases a beer, it's rated 4.8 on a scale. That's on 100, 200 ratings, so they only released 100 cases of the beer. There's 12,000 ratings on Prop 2014, and I've had this beer. This is probably the best stout I've ever had in my life out of however many stouts I've had. I think it's delicious. Um, 12,000 ratings, and it's twelve. It's a 4.74, so is it popularity? I don't know. That's a lot of check-ins. It's, it's small... It's a small like uh, test bed of a bunch of very coveted beers. That's all it is. Do you know what I mean? It's it's like all the beers that that are like in the top of like Fisher Price, my first like uh, Brazzle list of beers that everybody wants and that everybody like. Fundamental <laughs> Observation is a fantastic beer, but. It's at a point where, you know what I mean, Bottle Logic basically reproduces that beer with slight variances to constantly churn that beer out to where people can ask for $500 a bottle. It's an, it's it's a sh- practically a shelf beer in San Diego. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like you can get the it rumor, wherever you want. The rumor was they released 12,000 or some odd bottles of the, the most recent fundamental observation. So it's, it, it is. It's, it's Goose Island's rare. It's so rare, everybody's checked it in. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. It's one of those things to where it's like, yeah. it, it's a great beer. It's a fantastic beer, but it's also a beer like, the beginning of the year is going to be all a bunch of people that coveted this one beer, and at the end of the year, you're going to find a little bit more of a balance between the best beers. It, 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 just like any list, you should take the top 20%, the bottom 20%, cut them off, and then you'll find the truth somewhere in the middle. You know what I mean? So it, 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 that's what these lists are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm actually surprised there's not like other like just crazier sought-after ones, like Assassin or... You know, things along those lines. The harder that'll they, be next year. You know, like like your assassin, your SR seventy one, or whatever. The, the like the crazy is, ones that everyone just talks about. There's myths about them. Yeah, and, the, and people and, just I had it was it was, it was a five point nine eight on a scale of five. And that's the thing you have to understand too about Untapped is that these are people checking in these beers. Not they not might not even have had them. You know what I mean? There's there's people on these Untapped lists that ha- have. More check-ins than beers that exist, or have the exact number of check-ins of beers that exist in the list because they built some kind of bot that 
checks in every beer that's in Untapped, so that way they could be the king of Untapped. Yeah. Or nine and, nine guys bought a thousand dollar bottle of beer, had a sip, and checked it in. Like yeah, yeah, because one ounce makes you king shit a fuck mountain. Do you know what I mean? And it's it's one of those things where it's like people checking shit. I I see people. The two things and tangent time. The two things that piss me off. One, two of the things that piss me off the most. I don't want to say the two things because there's more than two. Nazis and juggalos. Is is yeah. No, <laughs> juggalos is number one. But but like people that check in a beer and you know for a fact that it didn't fucking have it. And two that people when they they show a bottle of beer like they're drinking it and they don't show the cap and you can tell the bottle's full and you're like. Motherfucker, you didn't even open that shit. You're just taking a picture of it so people could see it. Like, you're drinking it right now. You're not drinking it right now, motherfucker. Yeah. I can, you know lean, I mean? I can like, lean up against a Ferrari and take a picture. Yeah. Not my Ferrari. Yeah. yeah that's I, a great band. I think that's not why, my Ferrari. I think, I think the algorithm that they use, and that's why you're not going to see, like, you're talking your huge whales, KBBS, you're talking derivation by side project. The bottle, these bottles are $1,000 a piece. They're getting shipped across the country more times than they're getting opened. Mm-hmm. You never know, like, People list things online. We're not going to even get down that rabbit hole, but they're selling. They're, people, there's just trade. It's money. It just gets shipped back and forth. And and I think a good example here is uh, vanilla rye. So I've had, I've had six vanilla rye's in in the past year and a half, and not one of them has tasted the same. They've all been different. I've had ones that have been claimed to be the original owner. I've had ones that have been traded across the country five times. Like. And I think that just comes down to it's just getting shipped across the country. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can I, I can give you a three ounce sample of you know just regular uh, Bourbon County, and then throw a, a splash of vanilla in it. Well, we actually, I and, put, and, and then tell a, and then tell you it's vanilla rye. The thing is, we would we French press it. Well, you French, I French press half the Bourbon County with vanilla beans, and you keep the other half so it stays carbonated. Yeah. And you blend, uh, Matt, it's, Matt, it's a Matt fun had thing a, to do. Matt had a friend that was like. Addicted to French pressing for a little while there. Yeah, he's like drinks coffee cakes. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I think I think number four on the list, the Bourbon County Rare 2015. That was my draft party last year. Everybody yeah. checked it in and taught me the list. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get invited to that draft. Maybe this year. Well, I, Matt, well, Matt wins I'll, it every year. I'll try and throw it up again for you. I love that beer. And so throw I, it, throw I it took, up there. That's the beer I took the cycles barrel age day last year, and we're talking people were o- opening three liter bottles of can't like there was. In one little tent, there was probably fifty thousand dollars worth of beer being opened. But I opened up a twenty fifteen rare, and people were like, "Oh, I want to try that. I, I want to try that." And I would have came down with twenty twelve. Excellent. I would have came down with a twenty twelve Peps Blue Ribbon. There you go, <laughs> like a half rack premium for, for everybody at Cycle Day. Premium. They beer. don't need that because they're they're pouring full glasses of like thirteen percent stout. It was, so it's it's like hanging out with Kevin Feeler. Well, yes, we were. He's probably there, right? Yeah, he was there. Yeah, he was there. Half the Cantillons were his. But I just, that beer is amazing. And I'm actually, that deserves to be number four on the list because there's a million bottles of that out there. There was 10,000 bottles of 2010 rare produced, so I don't even know what the bottle count is on that. It's not a rare beer by any means. No, I mean. It's got a stigma to it. No, because what happened was um, 15 was the year of the infection. So what happened with that, like, um, now, no, the rare wasn't affected. It was more the coffee, the barley wine, you know, but the, that was the year of a lot of buybacks and a lot of all this other stuff. So I heard in the bigger markets what happened in 2016 as, like, a, oh, sorry, we screwed up, was there was more 2015 rare given to bigger wholesalers. You know, your New York City, your Philadelphia, as a, like, oh, uh, well, you know, sorry. You know, so like I said, I mean, definitely... 
there's a lot more being held back than what's being put to the market. But I mean, that's also for marketing purposes too. These bigger breweries, like you know, they send samples out to marketing people all the time. You know, here's a new beer, here's an old beer, whatever. Not to mention beer fest all around the nation. You know, GABF, World Beer Cups, stuff like that. You don't want to show up with just like, oh, this is like one beer we have. You show up with like, here's a couple cellar age things that we have, like cool things. You know, so like I said, I mean, yeah, 2015 was definitely, like I said, 2010. I, I couldn't even tell you what that, like, I don't even know. Like, I, still, I, don't, I, I don't even know what it is. I made still want to buy one. I've I've almost bought one. God, was that, was that every 20... paycheck last year, I was like, I'm going to buy one of those because I want one. I still no, is, want is, one. Is it, is it, is that similar to the 15? Cause I think the 15 was what? 25 year old heaven Hill. These are, Hill these are 20, 23 year old Pappy Van Winkle was. Oh, okay. So 2010 so was Pappy. It's got the whole Pappy halo over it. Which... Okay. Well that's, yeah, that just drives the market up. Yep. Yeah. It's Price just went way up on that. Yeah. Cause it was heaven Hill 25 year olds, um, 2015, right? Mm-hmm. Or was it 30 year old? 30, 30, 30, 30, 30 or 35. It was, it was a long time. Yeah. Potato, potato. It was delicious. Love that beer. I don't remember. I wish I can. I have a whole fridge full of those for however I feel. One of those hard days on a, like after work on a Friday. I'm like, I'm just gonna dome the entire 2015 rare right to the face. So how about we flip the script and go to the last subject we were going to talk about, which was uh, stone, Keystone. Yeah, Keystone. You'll get your stone on. You can get your stone on. So we're going to talk about um, Greg Cock. Uh, oh, sorry, Greg Koch. Um, he talked about how Stone Brewing is going to or is suing Miller Coors because they're presenting their Keystone Light with Stone Gigantic on the label. You know what I mean? To the point where they feel like they're trying to rip and pull and tear and play on the Stone kind but of this name. Is, like, my whole thing with this is I understand, like, I guess in a business sense, this stuff takes a while. I would I would assume, but also I don't I don't know. It seems like a lot of times cease and desist and things like that happen a lot faster. Like Keystone has been doing this for like two years, more than they've been calling. St- yeah, like stone this forever. Yeah, but I mean like the, the, on packaging for probably the last two years. Right. But so like you, you, so so, so it took you two years to come up with it. Like to, yeah, but because I mean like I, okay, yes, the can art I understand that, but like. But that's, well, new. But, that's no, but, not... but no, but when you're advertising it as thirty stones, you know, and things like that, like that's when it should have just threw up your red flag, and you should have been like, okay, how about you stop that? Yeah, but if you're let's let's say we're let's I don't know, let's go weird analogy time. Let's say you're like a like a old Scottish warrior. Let's go like Braveheart style shit, and you have a spy in somebody's camp, and you learn about somebody's battle plan. Are you going to tell them, hey, man, we got you know your shit. Figure out your next battle plan. Are you going to wait till they're just about to strike and then ruin their shit and fuck them up properly? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Do you know what I mean? Like, what are you, you're going to you're going to wait until they're they've invested all their force, not all their forces. But I mean, you know, obviously, Miller Coors has way more yeah. force than just a little bit of Keystone. But you're going to let them invest. You want to hurt them. You don't want to just tell them, no, they can't do it. You want to let them get hurt financially by it that's how i see it i i see them letting them get to the point where they they're gonna have to change like they're gonna have to change it like this is a cut and dry case there's there's a good chance they've been monitoring them all along like you said yeah and like at this point that new can art 
is just crossing the line. That's where they're going to drop the hammer on them. Personally, for me, I think Stone is winning this case. By the way. I, I yeah, I think they might, but I just I, I think it's kind of a joke, in, in the sense that the stone really feel threatened by Keystone. Like, are you genuinely threatened by a beer that's it's not meant about for... that? No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's a threatened thing. I think kind of what Matt was saying. It's you get to strike back at a behemoth. Uh, uh, did you see? Giant. The, did you see the picture? It looks like an emaciated Kevin Fiedler, by the way. And <laughs> and it it like he's basically been smoking weed in in Europe for you know a good portion of about two years, and he just kind of just like probably came back to the United States for a fun time romp, and it was like, hey, wait a minute, uh, let's do that. No, I, I'm joking, but I actually, and it's one of those weird things where I think the lawsuit is warranted like you don't want to see it you don't want to see breweries have to do these kind of things but if stone doesn't do this now how much further is is miller cores or somebody else going to take the name portion of the show so you kind of have to do it it's not a matter of them going oh let's fuck them sure there might be a little bit of mindset there because they are the enemy of of craft but at the same time, you have to do it. You just have to do it. Like, C&Ds aren't the thing that most brewers kind of covet. I'm like, oh, awesome. I get to do a C&D right here. It's more like, I have to do it. I got to do it. Yeah. Otherwise, my shit's going to be fucked up. But no, like, but that's, so that's what it comes down to. Like, a lot of times, we've seen it in our area. Like, a lot of times, it's two craft breweries. Like re- they, one to yeah, like regional. Boy. It's a regional thing a lot of times. I mean, this will be the first big one when it's reversed. Like, I mean, there's been big ones in the past where it's A.B. or Miller telling a craft brewery, no, you can't do that. So this seems to be, like, the first one where it's a craft brewer saying, whoa, hold up. Like, you're you're now stealing stuff off of us. You're, you're taking liberties with our stuff. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's what's really interesting to me about it. My question is, uh, four, four or five years ago, do you think if the same situation, this can art comes out, do you think Stone does this lawsuit four or five years ago? I don't think they do. I think that the market's so getting so competitive and so David versus Goliath that obviously I'm obviously going to root for the David in this situation because I, I like craft beer better than big beer. Um, I personally hate Keystone. I've always hated even in college when that's basically all we could afford. But there was but, no bitter beer face back then, though. True. I forgot about that. But four or five years ago, does this happen? I don't know, man. See, you have to understand it's, it's like it's like C and D's also are a thing of promotion. So maybe Stone wanted to be promoted as a brewery, so they do this. Like they're back in like when's the last time you heard Stone? Like seriously, when's the last time you heard Stone outside of the untapped list that we just talked about? I can't remember the last thing about stone that anybody really clamored about the like literally it's like every year is joke of a's available nah, that's oh, the about it Woot stout yeah I and Woot stout and, and they're fine beers but you know this is a way to get their voice back in the public conversation do you know what i mean let's do this and then all of a sudden they get you know two weeks three weeks you know this shitty podcast worth of kind of public uh, you know publicity nerve name back in the fucking conversation that's part of it too that's almost all what cnds are like there's a lot of breweries i'm not saying this is the case because it's opposite like jones said 
But there's a lot of breweries that specifically have named their beers close to other beers so they, they can get a C&D so they can promote their brewery. You know what I mean? There's been brewers that have done it purposely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh, a Carton Brewing and Stillwater Brewing did it on purpose. Carton came out with Boat, which we have a can of it open right now. And then Stillwater, Brian Strumke came out with Yacht. And then, then both... Uh, Augie Carton and, and Stillwater had this faux argument going on to kind of garner this kind of like publicity inside the craft community to where people are buying boat and yacht. And then and it was just this, it was, it was a manufactured argument that ended up promoting both beers. And everybody, you know, and they both won. And then, and then conversely, the actual funniest part of the whole portion of the show is every single brewery in Jersey now has a, a, a boat beer. You have sneak box with fucking cane. You have um, yacht juice by fucking Icarus. You have all these breweries that have all these beers named after boats, but you know Carton won't go after them because they don't want to promote those breweries. So it's like it's like a weird, funny kind of convoluted argument that started as a joke, but now he can't actually see indeed people because he doesn't want. He knows those companies are are, are naming their beers. To be like, oh, let's do a C- he'll do a C A D against us, and that way we get some promotion. But he won't do it because well, he's like, I'm not gonna do it. It's like sneak box, fucking the, the pinto boat, whatever the fuck they're doing there, the party boat. There's like all these boat beers in Jersey, and he won't fucking C and D them just because he's like, I don't want to promote your shit. Yeah, I saw, I saw there was like like a joke thing going on, a little bit like closer to home, like um, uh, Bond Place Brewing in Bethlehem. They have the ordinary bitters, the Mui, and there's a new like craft brewery in in Bethlehem that just opened, and they're friends, and like they made another bitters, and they called it uh, Mui Shmui, or something like that, and like both of them were like going back and forth on Instagram, like promoting it and like coming up with videos that were pretty funny mm-hmm. about it, but I was like, th- that's that's what I think like craft should be. You know, like you said, like two people that like each other and be like, okay, usually when the lawyers get involved, it's when two breweries don't like each other. And it's just like, you have to nip it in the bud type of thing. Yeah, so. yeah but this is different. This is a different thing now. This is like... No, th- this one on this level between a a, well, a, a, just... macro, a macro brew and a, and, a, and a craft brewer, I understand that. that. I mean, but I said a lot of times, like little things within a craft, in a regional area... Could be settled by, hey, how about you don't do that? But it's also like the the, the carton and, and Stillwater thing was just manufactured. Like the same way breweries do a manufactured rarity about how many cans they produce and all that bullshit. Um, then there's the kind of fun kind of picking at each other thing we talked about with uh, Bond Place. This is more just like, okay, is it a real lawsuit? I think it is. But at the same time, I don't think it hurts their bottom line that they're fighting them. Sure, they're going to spend a mon- bunch of money on... On lawyers, but they have a fucking bunch of lawyers and retainers, so they're probably not losing a ton of money unless it actually goes to court, then they're fucked. Not in the end, but they're going to end up spending a lot of real money. But what they end up with, with is a lot of goodwill from a lot of, like, I don't want to say fringe beer lovers, but like all the people that like, like beer on the weekends and buy the all day IPA fucking 15 pack they'll be like I'm gonna buy stone now because they're fighting the big man you know what I mean you'll get that and you'll also get you know stone's name back in the conversation yeah I I fully agree yeah Yeah. I mean and I said it's gonna be interesting to see what happens like I said with the outcome of it on our end just from the outside looking in you think it's a, a pretty clear cut case for stone brewing 
you know, but like, what will be the implications of what happens afterwards? But like you said, now they're back in the forefront. They're in the media. You know, this is going to be a national thing. Somebody's going after one of the big macros over like marketing rights, you know, and naming rights and things like that. So, like I said, I mean, I'm assuming cut and dry stone should win it, but you never know. You know, so like I'm interested to see how this plays out. I just hope Stone Cold Steve Austin, Stone Cold Stunners, <laughs> fucking Keystone Ice off the top rope, and then a fucking Escadina, California. And that's all I know. To, you know, that's all I want to happen. <laughs> but anyway, so there you go. A little roundtable stuff. I think we're done for the uh, the whole podcasting portion of the show, unless you guys have anything else you want to talk about or add. No, I, I think we, we covered a lot. Yeah, I think we we're pretty good. Yeah, so we went over the whole untapped thing, talked about the uh, top ten stuff, all that fantasticness. We uh, kind of uh, segued into the end, going over the whole Stone versus uh, Miller Coors Keystone Ace thing. Let us uh, let us know what you think. Like, uh, if you listen to this, uh, besides giving us five stars and rating and all that stuff, which you should do because this shit is fucking fantastic. It's gold, son. But beyond that, um, you know, if you have any uh, comments, suggestions, all that stuff, reach out to us, uh, social media. Um, you just basically type in Beer Massive anywhere, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, all that fun stuff. YouTube channel's coming. But if you actually want to reach us in an email, right now you can reach us at massivebeers at gmail.com. Eventually we'll have a website and email set up proper. You know, that'll happen eventually, but whatever. Um, but reach out to us. Um, let us know what you think. Let us know what you want to talk about. Let us know if we're off base. Let us know if Chris should talk some more. Let us know if I should talk some less. Um, I've already said too much. Yeah, I've already said too much. And uh, just basically get back to us because we enjoyed doing this. We're, we're going to try to do the roundtable thing, basically alternate some kind of non-brewer interview and in, uh, a roundtable opinion piece, um, editorial, whatnot, beyond that. So, uh, yeah, so reach back into our archive. Recent stuff, we have a brewery interview with Zigmeister Brewing. Uh, before that, referent uh, Beer Blendery. Before that was uh, Grist House. Going forward next week, you can expect a interview with the gang from Equilibrium Brewing. Yep. It would be Pete Oates. It would be uh, Will and Ricardo, the guys up there at Equilibrium, had a good time and kind of standed. Stood, standed. Stand, we we standed in the standed. lines. Uh, yeah, <laughs> an hour and a half brewer, uh, 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 talking on mic, and I stumbled once. And you fuckers. <laughs> and, uh, well, that, that's to make up for the 19 <laughs> things you have to edit out that yeah, I said. Yeah. And, no, I, uh, I got to say, sorry, before you end this, I'm going to say shout out to... Uh, Bill Geigenheimer. Nevada. Oh, Bill, Nevada. Bill, Nevada Bill, baby. Nevada Bill. Yeah, you got to fucking give props to Bill from Nevada. And uh, in, uh, next week's interview is absolutely a fantastic interview. We just got, we we're sitting around just drinking beers, kind of chatting it up. So definitely check that one out. And we have some cool, interesting interviews coming in-house. Soon enough, we're going to have Bomb Place. We're going to have a Hot Butcher for the World from Chicago. We're going to have Two Rivers from um, Easton. We're going to end up having uh, Elementary. We're going to end up having a bunch of fantastic breweries in and out of the area. So um, reach out to us. Say hey. Say what's up. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. And hopefully see you next time. Everybody say cheers like we're a cool podcast. Cheers. cheers.